This episode of the Raptors Community Podcast is brought to you by raptorscommunity.com. Go to www.raptorscommunity.com for the best Raptors archives in the NBA. So the NBA season has finally kicked off and we're about three, four days in and, um, Looking at what's happened, and we'll start with October 22nd, so Tuesday, the first day of the season. Yeah. And yeah. let's start with the Raptors-Pelicans game. So the Raptors won 130-122 yeah. in an overtime thriller. I'm sure you caught a lot of that game or at least watched the highlights. I watched the highlights. What? I didn't actually get to watch the whole game, but I, yes. did, I did watch the highlights. That Western Conference grind. So what's your what's your big takeaway, I guess, from this game and – then we can touch on the Zion injury after. Obviously, that game was really highlighted by Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam. From what I saw, I'm pretty sure, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Van they both uh, they obviously both went off, but VanVleet hit some big shots in overtime as well. If I'm not mistaken. Um, but honestly, like as far as Pascal Siakam goes, like, it wasn't only that game; the game after that as well against Boston and that loss. Pascal Siakam's three point shooting is like. For the first two games, it's there. It's 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 crazy. Like I would have never expected this out of Pascal Siakam, and we talked about it last episode. Like he he was, I think he was both of our picks to be the player with who who would become the first time All Star this year. And so far, I mean, he's averaging what thirty three and a half points per game. I mean, he's doing <clears> his thing right now. He's really impressed me for the Raptors. Yeah, he. I think, like you're saying, with the three-point shot, the biggest thing is that off the dribble three. That's something yeah. that he didn't really have last season. He was mostly taking spot-up threes from, from the and corner. So now he's, that's what I was from noticing. The corner, yeah, yeah, from the corner. So now he's added the the pull-up three from, like, not necessarily the center, but from like the right side or the, yeah, the, the in wing or the right wing. We and saw that in the Boston game. Yeah, there's a lot of that in the Boston game. A lot of pull-up threes, and it, it looks nice. It looks smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's definitely a bucket right now. Fred Van Vliet, a little inconsistent. You know, he has 34 yeah. points in that first game, and he hits, obviously, that dagger in overtime to basically send them packing. And then last night, he I don't even think he scored double digits. So, obviously, there's going to be some adjustment for him yeah. moving to a starting role position, I guess, on the is Raptors. He, is he starting now? Yeah, he's been starting with Lowry in the backcourt, which – will be a problem when you play big teams like Philly. I don't think they're going to start those two. Yeah, you need to some get adjustments there. But I there. think it's, the Raptors are really um, shallow on guards, though. You know, you got Lowry, you got Van Vliet. And then off the bench, you got, like, Norman Powell, who's like a 2-3. And then from there, you, you really don't have anyone else who um, Nick Nurse trusts or has even played yet. Yeah. And I wouldn't even be... Stanley Johnson, but I think Stanley Johnson's more like a 3 yeah, against a team like Philly, against a team like Philadelphia, I wouldn't even be surprised if like they started Van Vliet on the bench and then brought in OG just to run the two, just because just because of size, you know, because Van Vliet's way too small, right? And keep Lowry at the one, but just put OG on and Obi at the two. Like I guess he, he's more of a wing player, but I think sort of an adjustment that the Raptors would have to make. Yeah, that would be a massive lineup, and that would be a really good one. You probably need um, you need like Siakam, and then you might need Ibaka and Gasol. Yeah, just given definitely. just given Horford and Embiid starting, I think that's a – if the Raptors go super big and they do have that versatility in the lineup, that would be good for them. Yeah. Um, but let's move on to Zion's injury. So he's expected to miss six to eight weeks with mm-hmm. um, 
He, I think he had a torn meniscus, and he recently had surgery to get it removed. So that's really bad news because obviously with big guys, he's like obviously he's heavy. So there's a lot of yeah. uh, power that the knees need to absorb, and the meniscus yeah. is a huge part of that absorption. So not having a meniscus is a little concerning moving forward for like his knee health. But what's your big takeaway from that injury? I mean, it's. Uh, it's sad because the, the guy's got talent, right? But I'm just like, I, I don't want to say this to, to start off his career because, like I said, he's got so much talent. But, like, there's, like, the – I don't know. There's, like, shades of Lamar Odom showing. I don't know. There's, it's it's kind of there. Like, I feel like this is going to be a large part of his – a large part of his career is going to be filled with just injuries. And at least the early part of his career, sort of like Joel Embiid's was and like, when a guy like Joel Embiid and and Zion, when they're playing, when they're healthy, when they're 100%, they're dominant. But more often than not, especially a guy like Joel Embiid, he's not more often than not. More often than not, Joel Embiid is not healthy, and I can see that being the case with Zion Williamson as well. Just because, again, there's nothing he can do about it. It's just, oh, I guess he could lose some weight, but right now he's, I I think he's just a bit too like he weighs a bit too much. Not trying to be mean or anything, it's just a fact. <laughs> no, it's a fact. He's like two eighty yeah. and he's like six six. That's like crazy. Yeah. He's like he's, he's like one 19. of the heaviest guys in the league. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Like fuck. Yeah, but I think um I hope obviously for the best for him. And yeah. without him the Pelicans, I don't think they even have a chance to even like sniff the playoffs. I don't think yeah, they're good enough so. without him and they couldn't beat the Raptors, obviously. The Raptors are a great team, but I don't think that their team moving forward, at least for this season, that's going to make the playoffs. They're, the the uh, Pelicans, I don't think really – I never really gave them a shot to make the playoffs. For me, if there was going to be a team – like, and I, I, as I'm saying that, it's sound, like, I, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm hearing myself just counting them out completely after two games, but I'm not – but I'm, I'm just saying, like, the Pelicans, I don't really give any shot, even with Zion, to make the playoffs. If there was a team to make the playoffs over a team like the Spurs – It'd be the Mavericks, in my opinion, just because Luka Doncic is just so good. And Chris Porzingis is a top 30 player in the NBA right now, maybe top 25. And, but yeah, like, the Pelicans, even with Zahn, I can't see them making the playoffs. Yeah, I guess the argument against the Mavericks would be they're a little bit more shallow. So Yeah, but I think obviously. that the, the pure talent that's there up front is just it's, it would be just too much for me. Yeah, the or talent is the talent yeah. is amazing, but Porzingis has an injury history, and I yeah. don't want to obviously um, like jinx anything, like knock on wood. But if he got injured, um, that team wouldn't even have a shot anymore. I think that team no. is out of the running. Whereas with the Pelicans, it's like, you know, there's a road for me. I can see them being competitive without Zion or without like Brandon Ingram because yeah. they have they're a bit deeper you know, with, with yeah. talents, but just not, obviously not as much upfront talent. Yeah. We saw those teams. We saw those two teams playing last night. I think it was Mavericks and Pelicans. It was a good game. Ingram, Ingram's been doing good this year. He's yeah. Ingram's, Ingram's are just a bucket. Mid-range yeah. game is so nice. And yeah, he's, he's so serious. tall that he'll always get it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, move on to the the big game, the Clippers-Lakers game. Oof. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, um, are you going to overreact to this one, or are you just – what are you going to do to this one? What's your take? Overreact – like, I, I don't know if it's an overreaction, but I'm just, like, from this game and from what I saw against Golden State, the Clippers are everything we thought they were and then <laughs> some. Like, the scary yeah. thing is that 
most of these guys on the Clippers, like especially Kawhi Leonard, they start off slow. Like they start seasons off slow, and they just get better and better and better. And the, this, these guys are the, for a lot of them, guys like Kawhi hasn't been with this team a lot. You know, guys like Paul George isn't back yet, but some of the other new additions that they made. I mean, this is still a relatively like Doc Rivers still hasn't gotten. Doc Rivers is still like he's not fully experienced with this team. He still could use Kawhi Leonard better, and I think as the season goes on, I mean, this team's only going to get better and better. I, like it's it's terrifying. I, I can't believe just the, the pure depth that this team has. That's the most impressive thing to me. The depth. I'm going on, I'm going on a rant here, but if you don't know who Patrick Patterson is or Mo Harkless <laughs> or Michael Green. Bro, like these these brothers can shoot the basketball, and they got straight clamps. They got straight clamps. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how good this bench is. And Patrick Beverly, can we just take a second and talk about Patrick Beverly? He's the second best. He's been the second best player. He's been the second best player on the Clippers so far this year, and he's only scored seven points combined. He's only totaled seven points this year. And he's he's been their second best player just because like the, he wears his heart and his soul on his on his sleeve and he's it's just I love watching that kid play he's he's so fucking good it's ridic- it's ridiculous yeah with um let's chill on the Patrick Patterson talk though he's fucking garbage really he, uh... bro twenty <laughs> points he dropped twenty points against Golden State that man's a bucket from the corner bro when he was on the Raptors it was painful to watch him anytime yeah, he shot I mean, it, it would not go in <laughs> so it's different though now bro. It he is different. He's got. He has less, way less pressure now. Way less. He and Harkless were guarding Kawhi and LeBron in the fourth quarter and limited them to two points combined, bro. Patrick is that man, though. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Patterson's a good defender, but he just looks washed. Uh, he had obviously, um, he's given some confidence because he's been starting. He started yes, in the first game, and and like Doc Rivers, you know, he loves starting his veterans, right? And, yeah. Like, giving Patrick Patterson the start probably gave him a boost of confidence. You know, he's like – he looks to his left, he looks to his right. He sees Kawhi Leonard. He sees, yeah. like, Lou Williams. He sees, like, Pat Bev. He sees these guys, and he's like, <clears throat> he's like, I don't have to do anything. Like, if I score zero points, we can still win. And I think yeah. that's a perfect role for him where he can be a potential spark plug. Um, yeah. And also, what's the scariest, scariest thing about this team, which I don't think you mentioned, is that Paul George <laughs> still he hasn't played. Back <laughs> and it's just like – when you look at Montrez and Lou coming off the bench, their depth is unmatched yeah, when it comes to like ridiculous. or any other team at the top of the NBA. They're just so deep and so talented that – and obviously this yeah. is an overreaction, but I would not want to face them in the playoffs. I, I would hope – like if I was like the Rockets, I would hope that they, they get a seed where they don't have to match up with the Clippers because that will be a nightmare for them. Straight up, yeah. Like – it is so like I can't believe just how deep this team is, and the fact that like Paul George, a top ten player in the NBA, he's not even back. Like he's not even playing. This team's got one superstar. They're Kawhi Leonard, and you could argue everybody else are just role players. I mean, obviously they got a great bench, but they just got a bunch of role players. I mean, say what you will about Lou Will. I mean, I wouldn't really call Lou Will a star, and maybe he's, Lou Will's maybe might be a tier below a star in the NBA yeah. right now, but that, like, this is not, it's, it's just depth and great coaching. Doc, Doc Rivers isn't getting enough credit in, in both games. I saw that coming out of halftime, especially in that Warriors game and to start quarters and coming out of, out of timeouts, the, the Clippers are great. And that's just, that just boils down to coaching. 
I remember in the Clippers game when Danny Green started going off in the third quarter, then Doc Rivers calls a timeout, or no, at the end, Danny Green starts going off in the fourth quarter. Or Danny Green starts going off in the third quarter, sorry. Start of the fourth quarter, what happens? They bring Kawhi on the court, and the Clippers go on like a 7-0 run and, and take that lead right back. It's, that just boils down to great coaching. Yeah, and I think that the Lakers, given that obviously their top talent is – their top two is probably the best in the NBA, I still think there's a yeah. lot uh, of role players. Danny Green's going to fit in fine. Danny Green is a good player, um, obviously. So most, most points in the Lakers debut in NBA history. It's crazy. What was it, like 28? He, he was a 28. He was hitting threes. I was like, where was this so in the good. finals? Anyway, that's exactly. not the point. <laughs> it's not the point. <laughs> Basically, I'm trying to say – He's turning, back 20, he's turning back his first game, his first day. Yeah, he's turning, he's turning back the clock in the oh, when, yeah. in like that 2014 finals. Who? 2013. That was that was the one where he set the record. 2013. Yeah. He was a bucket. He's fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was just so efficient. Anyway, we're getting off track. So the Lakers, um, you know, you look through their roster, and obviously they have those three that I said: um, AD, LeBron, and Danny Green. But yep. then the question marks comes, who's the fourth and fifth guy? Like, Kuzma can't play defense. You know, JaVale McGee, I, I, I'm still not sold on him being a good player in the NBA. Dwight Avery Howard. Avery Bradley can play defense. Um, Avery Bradley can play defense. Uh, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is missing. <laughs> He's gone missing. Yeah. He's officially gone missing. <laughs> Here's the thing with KCP. Like, he was getting so much hate in the, in the Clippers game. And I'm like, hold on, pump the brakes real quick. He he scored. He only scored two less points than LeBron and AD did in the fourth quarter. Like, can we, like can we talk about this? He was guarding. He was guarding Kawhi Leonard all game and limited to limited Kawhi to one field goal made in the fourth quarter. He had the balls to guard Kawhi. LeBron, where was he on defense? He wasn't doing shit. I mean, KCP, I guess you respect that. KCP's getting way too much hate right now. Like he had a better fourth quarter. And I'm, I'm talking about bringing up the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter is most most important quarter in basketball. And LeBron and, and AD were just they, – they weren't even on the court. Like, I mean, they were on the court physically, but men, like, I don't know where they were. They, they, were, <laughs> they were hiding on the court. KCP, was, he stepped up, or he, he started guarding Kawhi Leonard when, when guys like LeBron was too scared to. I'm just saying, like, pump the brakes in the KCP. Hey, it's, it's – I don't know, man. Like, he's, he's trash. I'm going to give you that. He's ass. But it's not like – He's not stealing money, as people say from the Lakers. Like, oh, KCP's stealing the Lakers at 19 million. Hell no. That's like a balls to guard the best player on the planet, bro. That's true. He did have some balls to guard him. And then, like, in the fourth quarter, he did good. But you look at when Kawhi hit those seven shots in a row. Yeah. KCP was on him and he couldn't do that. The funny. thing is, though, like, put LeBron James on him and Kawhi Leonard drops, like, drops like 50 points that game so that's true yeah lebron is not their defensive guy he's not no. uh there he is not especially not in the first game of the regular season lebron's yeah. trying to coast right now he's really trying to and you can tell um this is uh frank vogel's strategy is like have lebron fresh for the playoffs he played like yeah. um moving forward to the game last night they played the jazz yeah. and they obviously beat the jazz beat the doors off them and uh lebron played i think like under 31. thirty minutes, and he had a, and he had like um, a, tw- a thirty point triple double. So he was he, definitely he played, uh, played thirty one minutes. This is off the top of my head. I think he played thirty one minutes, yeah. dropped thirty two points, and like eleven assists, something like that. Yeah, he was he was really good last night. Yeah, he was feasting, and so yeah. I think um, it's good to see him obviously back in his form. 
which never goes away, obviously. Like, even in the first game, like, 18, 10, and 8 isn't, like, a big whoop, right? But, yeah, um, yeah. obviously, LeBron is not going to be the guy who is going to be playing Kawhi. He just doesn't have that kind of energy to give at 34. Yeah. The thing with defense, though, and, and what really, like, what I really like about guys like Anthony Davis on, on the Lakers and guys like Avery Bradley is in the playoffs, like, or really defense as a whole is it's contagious. When you see one guy giving full effort on defense, when you see a guy like Patrick Beverly, when you see a guy like Patrick Beverly giving you full effort on defense, that, that'll, that'll inspire a Landry Shamit to, to start playing good defense. When you see Anthony Davis hustling on plays, that, that'll inspire LeBron James to go for another chase down block. You know, like defense is contagious. It's not so much to do with skill as it is just pure effort. And that's the thing. Like, I can see LeBron James in the playoffs stepping up defensively when he sees other guys, when he sees like guys like Avery Bradley diving for loose balls, when he sees Anthony Davis, you know, recording five blocks and just putting up, giving his heart and soul on, on the defensive end. I could see LeBron James doing the same thing. Yeah, in the playoffs, it'll be a totally different team. They'll be a lot better, I think, than they'll be this regular season. And I'm kind of, you know, people have to realize, like, that's the way it's going to be. Whether you like it or not, like, the Lakers are not going to go crazy in the regular season. They're not going to kill themselves. But let's take a second to talk about Anthony Davis, because this guy is a monster. He's so good. Last night, he had five blocks against the Jazz, and he has just been – he's been ridiculous – yeah. Um, he's, he hasn't been putting up like insane numbers, obviously, but he's been putting up Anthony Davis level numbers, like 20 and tens. And he's just been so dominant in the short time he's played. Do you think that these two LeBron and AD are going to be, obviously you can tell they're already a perfect fit. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, it, it I really like watching them play. I think that the only time where the only negative I can see is when, like we saw in the first game, they're trying to force feed Anthony Davis against against the Clippers team, obviously an undersized Clippers team, but a Clippers team that really defended much better than Utah did, despite Utah having the seven foot three behemoth and Rudy Gobert in there. I mean, that like that's the thing. When when the Lakers started to force feed Anthony Davis in the fourth quarter, they especially LeBron when he tried force feeding Anthony Davis, it just wasn't working out and the Clippers were just snuffing it out every single time. That's like Patrick Patterson were getting in their hands <laughs> and making big Get plays Patterson on defense. <laughs> I don't want to hear his name again. <laughs> in the whole, in the whole uh, regular season, I don't want to hear his name come back. He's one of my favorite players, man. He's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he was good on the Raptors. There was a time he was good, and then near the end, he started falling off. And then um, I don't remember whose bench he was at the end of last season. But I don't even know. He just, I don't even, yeah. he just didn't get minutes. I think it was Oklahoma City. I think he was at the end of their bench, but he just didn't get much time. Yeah. Uh, he never got an opportunity. But let's move on. I'm going to – I think that's good for the Lakers. Um, yeah. I'm going to just name a player from a team yeah. that played on Wednesday, and I want you to say if you believe in him now or if it's too small a sample size. Okay. He play, okay, he plays for Orlando. He comes off All the right. bench. I'll go Marco Fultz here. <laughs> yeah, Marco Fultz. He's been a bucket. I, I, mean, I been, actually haven't been able been, to watch Marco Fultz this year, but from what I saw, like, he hasn't been like all of his. Uh, he hasn't been really shooting the basketball as much. It's been more like driving in the lane and stuff like that. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Definitely. But that yeah. like, I can't. Really, I'm not going to knock Marco Fultz right now because he's playing basketball right now and he and he's, he's he's being healthy and he's looked pretty good. He's been. I don't know. He's averaging or anything like that. Personally, I'm not one to watch the Orlando Magic play basketball when the Clippers and stuff are on TV. But <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I th- I think he's just been he's been solid. He had like twelve and six, like six yeah. assists in the first game against you know the mighty Cavaliers. So um, I don't want to overreact, but it's, it's nice, just nice to see him on the court. Yeah, yeah it's that's nice the thing. Court. And he's super not... athletic, and he's so fun. He's actually very fun to watch. Yeah. So I think it's it's a step, it's baby steps, but it's a step. So. I'm just kind of happy for him. Just skimming through the schedule to look at like some games. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to waste time talking about like Pistons, Pacers. You know what I mean? Yeah. One one guy though that that like I would like to quote unquote waste time on is another guy from that same sort of Orlando region. He plays in Charlotte. He is imprisoned on the Charlotte Hornets bench because the Hornets had to pay their starting point guard Terry Rozier a ridiculous contract. Devonte Graham. Coming off the bench for the for the for the Charlotte Hornets has been superb this year. He's averaging over almost twenty five points per game in his second year. Y'all probably never even heard of the brother, but this guy came out of Kansas. He, he's one of those guys who played like three four years in college. He's he's way better than Terry Rozier, and I just feel so bad for him just because like the, like he's not he's not going to start. He's not going to play big minutes just because the just because the Hornets paid Rozier so much. I, I just want to shout shout up Devontae Graham, Graham real quick. The best point guard in Charlotte. Fucking yeah. Um, <laughs> like you said, he's been balling. Obviously, way, way better than Terry Rozier. Yeah. And and they're guilt playing Rozier because they kind of have to. Exactly. But in their game against um, against the Timberwolves, Rozier only ended up playing 18 minutes. He, I'm pretty sure yeah. he sat in both games in like the fourth quarter. Well, yeah, he's so, not good enough. He's he just garbage. That's yeah. it. He's garbage. So Devonte Graham will, might actually end up getting more minutes. You know, because Hope he's he clearly does. a bucket. Like, just looking at the – I haven't watched him, but looking at the stat sheet, he's clearly yeah. a bucket. <laughs> There's he definitely is. no – Yeah. Uh, PJ Washington's actually been a surprisingly good player, too. I seven think threes he's, in the first game, yeah. Yeah, he fucking surprised me. And the more right, I, see this, Charlotte. These guys, <laughs> <laughs> I see these guys ball, I'm just like, damn, I wish I had some of these guys on my fantasy team. Yeah, Carlton Towns, holy – I wish I had him on my team. I just didn't have the right pick. I was like six picks, so I took Anthony Davis, which is a good pick. But yeah, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns is the, the probably the best guy to take. He's fucking. Let's yeah, let's talk about Carl Anthony Towns. He can shoot threes now too. And again, it's like every everybody we're talking about. It's only been two games or whatever. But judging off these two games, Carl Anthony Towns can now shoot threes. He, he's cash as fuck. He's got clamps too. He, he like he's been getting a ton of steals and blocks on defense, and he's been getting tons of rebounds as well, over fifteen a game. And of course, on offense, it's just so natural. It's just it's just pure talent. It's just pure skill that this guy is just being underrated because he plays in fucking Minnesota. And but yeah, I mean, Carl. Then I guess a little bit is like empty numbers because Minnesota really doesn't have anybody else. But credit where credit's due. Carl Anthony Towns has been balling out this year. His team's also two and zero. Yeah, his team is two and zero against is, uh, the first time in Timberwolves history they've won the first two games of the season. Really, this is a fake fact for you. But yeah, I'm, <laughs> nah, is that wait? That's is that accurate? <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, like t- the Timberwolves actually beat the Nets when Kyrie dropped that fifty piece. Yeah, that's and. Obviously, Kyrie's a bucket, but Carlton Towns got the best of that game. Yeah. Like, he, he wins player of the game, even though Kyrie was crazy. Um, Kyrie missed that shot. <laughs> Do you see yeah. that shot that he missed, though? Do you see him, like, he shot it, and he was so dramatic with it. He wanted to fall down. He wanted to go in yeah. when he was laying on the ground. The one at the it's end funny. of overtime you're talking about? Yeah, the one at the end of yeah. overtime. 
Uh, I don't like this hero ball. Like, I love Kyrie, but even at the end of regulation, he shot that one three at the end. Yeah. And he just bricked it. Like, it worked honestly, last night, though, against the Knicks when he stepped back in RJ Barrett's face. That's true. But, but you're not playing the Knicks every night. Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately. Fortunately, you're not going to have RJ Barrett guarding you every night. You're going to have the best defensive player. Yeah. And that kind of play is um, it's difficult to to hit them. You know, you only look at the ones they hit. And people often miss the the ones they hit. They miss. Yeah, people like, often forget about the ones they miss. I so, say this about Kawhi Leonard all the time. Like Kawhi Leonard, he's missed some really clutch shots. Like I mean, not clutch shots, but he's missed a few daggers. At one at the end of Game Five last year against Golden State, where he pulled up for one that would have made it a four point lead or something like that with a minute left, would have been yeah. a dagger. The one against the Lakers as well, with about three minutes left, the the, the Lakers or the Clippers were up nine, and Kawhi just like stepped back from the lo- or pulled up from the logo or something like that. It's like with with like eighteen seconds left on the shot clock, it's the IQ isn't really there. But I mean, if it goes in, it's fucking sick, right? Yeah, and I, I think um, in the finals, Kawhi was what went in that game five. He went like goat mode, right? He was. Scored yeah. like ten straight points, and then probably called it a ridiculous um, kind of timeout. And then it was that it was that untimely timeout when all the momentum was on your side by stupid. Nick. Stupid. That was stupid, and it, and it actually. Um, it cost I, don't mean, put, I don't want to put blame on Nick Nurse, but it ended up causing because the Raptors probably would have won that game. It ended up. Oh yeah. They ended up getting injured as a result of that. I'm not going to say like that direct result, but obviously right. But um, mm. like you think about what could have been if. If say um, if he didn't call that time, or the Raptors won that game, Clay they was healthy. The perspective would be, yeah, they win that game. The perspective would be so much different. The league would be that much different. But that's yeah. the past. And they would have um, won it in Toronto as well. They would have won Toronto. Would have been so much more hype, obviously, from for a Toronto fans' perspective, not from Warriors fans, which don't exist anymore. By the way, they're they all don't. gone. I I can't find them. They're they must have all, all gone back to LA. Lakers hats. I don't know. I couldn't find it. It's it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> And all of a sudden, they've got some, like, long-lost relative in Los Angeles. So, that's, yeah. It only makes sense, right, that they cheer for the Lakers now that, you know. Yeah, it's they've facts. got a, a friend of a second cousin who lives in fucking SoCal. So, it's like, yeah. So, last game we're going to talk about on the Wednesday's schedule is the 76ers took on the Celtics. at And they were in Philadelphia. That, and yeah. the 76ers... Gave it to him, <clears throat> beat them by fourteen. Yeah. Um, in terms of big nights, Ben Simmons had a monster night. He's on my fantasy team too, so I love you, Ben. Twenty four nine and eight. He's gonna be dropping some triple doubles this year for me. For sure. Um, Tobias Harris had fifteen boards, more boards than Embiid, but Embiid only played twenty three minutes. It looks like the strategy for Philly is um, when Embiid goes out, Horford plays center, and Embiid doesn't play a ton of minutes, and I think that's yeah. the best way to do it. What's your reaction from this this game against the Celtics? Well, it, it just emphasizes the point that both of us have been making all offseason long with it, the addition of Al Horford to this team. It's so valuable. It goes way beyond just the numbers he puts up. It goes to it, – it impacts Joel Embiid more than anybody. You, you guys can rest Joel Embiid. He plays 20 to 15 to 25 minutes a game, and you guys can still win basketball games because Al Horford is way better than Boban ever was. And, he, I mean, he, he, can, he can impact the game, and he, he can allow Joel Embiid to rest and be healthy for the playoffs. And their defense is ridiculous. When you look yeah. at one through um, – I mean, just to say one through six, their defense is awesome. You look at 
Tobias Harris is a good defender. Al Horford, and they all have size too. Al and that Horford. rookie, that that rookie, what's his name? Dial Tyman or Delman? I don't know. Fucking the guy who you, you know. Dibble? Yeah, Dibble. Dibble, right? Okay. Yeah, he's athletic, and he will he'll block. Like as a guard, he'll block your shot. He'll yeah. he'll run at you and he'll try and block your shot. He's really good. How tall is too. he? He's like six. He's like six five, isn't he? I have no idea. I'm not gonna guess it, but um, he's got a seven foot one wingspan now, which is crazy. Cool. Yeah, he's a great defender. He he's a great addition for that team. He's not gonna score a lot, but he's super athletic, and you know he might be an the energy guy. And for the Celtics, I just want to say Kemba. Like Kemba was good last night against the Raptors. He was decent. He's going to be like their great player, but um, obviously their team is good. But he can we please, can we please see some taco? <laughs> like Honestly. I just want to see some taco so bad. As a non, as even a person who doesn't like the Celtics, as a Raptors fan, like I just want to see taco play. I don't care about Robert Williams. Let me see some taco. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, he's in the G League though now, isn't he? But. I think yeah. Jason Tatum's been doing pretty good too. He's no one's really talking about it, but Tatum's been playing well. Yeah, Jalen Brown played really well last night actually against the Raptors. Yeah, he looked, he's he's partially earning that 115 million dollar ridiculous contract he got. He's getting so, paid the same as Nikola Jokic right now, so just keep that. In he's, mind. Get, he's getting paid almost as much as Pascal Siakam too, and Siakam just signed at the same year as him. So yeah. that should just tell you that he's a little overrated or a little overpaid. I don't know about overrated, but he's definitely overpaid. Yeah, and it's not great to see with the player. Uh, moving on, uh, I'm not a huge like Denver beat um, Portland, 108-100 on that Wednesday night. Do you have any takeaway from that? I don't know. I didn't really watch it. <clears throat> Obviously, um, just give me your take. Let's see what you got. You just hold on, Jan's about to dunk it. Ooh. Sorry, I'm watching the Bucks here right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Nikola Jokic. It just emphasizes the point. Like, I predicted Jokic. I think we both predicted Jokic to an MVP. And honestly, with the, like, what did he, he play, like, 20 minutes last night, got a triple-double. He's obviously just amazing. He's amazing. Uh, Jamal Murray as well. I'd say, like, drop, drop up 27 points. He's a great basketball player. And, of course, him being Canadian. Uh, Jamal Murray's Canadian, right? Yeah. Him being yeah. Canadian is just that much sicker. Like, that yeah, just makes him that much better. Yeah. Um... I actually go to, like, University of Waterloo, and he was there. I didn't see him. Oh, I really? missed him. He was playing on, like, the courts that I shoot around on and yeah. during the summer when I was there. So I was kind of cheesy when I saw it because I didn't see him. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's a homer. And, yeah, he's grown as a player. And if I saw him there at those courts, I would take him on in a one-on-one. You already know. You, yeah. already, know I, you already know I'd at least have to get one shot over him. <laughs> That's it. Just one fadeaway. That's all I ask. Step back to <laughs> me, maybe. <laughs> Before he, like, dunks on me. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's been really good. I think he's grown as a player. I'm looking for that consistency. I'm looking for him to be like 21 points, maybe not even that much, but like 20 points and just be consistent with it. Give me, give me like 16 to 24 night. Like, I, I don't want to give see... you 21. I think he, I, I think he'll average between, between 20 and 25 points per game this year. I think, I he's, I think he's just that great. Eight and then 32. You know what I mean? I don't want to see Jamal Murray yeah, from last year. He's like, yeah. oh, he had eight points, and he puts up 49, something like that. Like, I want to see yeah. <laughs> consistency with this man because he's great, and he's their second-best player. And so there's a lot of pressure on him to be successful because his success correlates directly with their team's success because of how how dependent they are on him. And – yeah, I think I think that I'm excited to see if maybe they play a little bit of Michael Porter Jr. if he's ever 
I haven't. I don't think they've played him yet, but I don't know if he's. Apparently, he's out of the rotation. That's what I. That's like the. That's what I heard. This yeah, morning. there. There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for that. He should be getting minutes over, um, Tory Craig. <laughs> yeah, something like that. He should Mike be getting Malone, it. Mike Malone just likes. He, he just likes to play his, his veterans. He likes to play. He likes to play players that he that he knows. And who knows? Maybe Michael Porter Jr. has just been some ass in practice and just been trash, missing every shot. But. It's hard I, don't, to I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I think he's been a bucket, and we just – I think he maybe hurt his knee, and they just don't want people to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. We'll go, we're on Thursday now. We're almost there. Um, the Hawks beat the Pistons, 117-100. Trey Young, all-star? No. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, he shouldn't be, but the East is – the East don't got very night nice, very good guards. The East is no, like so much worse than the West right now. Like the yeah, Clippers definitely. bench could make the playoffs in the East right now. Let's, let's put it. Let's I put saw it, that. Put post. it that way. I saw that post. It's kind of a fact. I thought about it. Think about it. And the more I think about it, the more I think it's true. At first, when I saw it, I was like, "Hell no!" And then more I think about it, I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, they could beat the Pistons and the Hawks." Lou Will's a starter. <laughs> Lou Will's Lou a Williams. Williams. Lou Williams as a starter would average like probably like twenty eight. So exactly, so, <laughs> like and he's Trez, Trez. Montrez is good too. Yeah, Montrez is really good. Oh, Harkless, Patrick Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, bro! No more. Patrick's <laughs> name again. That's it. I'm deleting Instagram. That's all. <laughs> he's watch the Clippers game, man. That I will watch fucking the corn to play next, and I'll see if I like him still. I I don't think I do. But um, let's not talk about him anymore. Let's move on to the big game of that night, which was the Milwaukee Bucks beating Houston Rockets, 117-111. Giannis, 30-point triple-double. So Fouled He's out. So Brooke Lopez closed that game in the post. <laughs> Yo, that was high. Posting up on, posting up on, like, P.J. Tucker. Why were they playing so small? That's my question. They're posting up on P.J. Tucker and giving him the business. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, they seem like they're the same old Bucks. They're – Obviously, offensively talented and defensively talented. And then yeah. from Houston's side, you have, like, P.J. Tucker scored 17, and he was a bucket from that corner, as he always is. James Harden had 14 assists and only scored 19 points. But it looks like he's having to adjust to what Russell Westbrook's um, ball dominance, given that comparing that to Chris Paul, Russell yeah, Westbrook I, needs the ball. I'll tell you what Harden's going to have to adjust to this year. There have been like, – it's not just it's not just in the Houston game, but – you, you would know you watched the Raptors game. There have been way too many offensive fouls this year. There have been way too many, like, really weak charges or weak push-offs. And James Harden, he, he had four offensive fouls against the Bucks and only made two field goals all game. A lot, like, there's been, like, they've, the refs have overcorrected when they're refing James Harden. Like, they're out here calling every minor little push-off. Hold on. And, and – before I get into how good the Bucks have been, because I think they're better than they are last year, they're current. They currently just blew a twenty-point lead to the Miami Heat right now, and it's actually a tie game. But the Bucks have really impressed me. Obviously, Giannis is that man. Giannis is Giannis is fucking sick. But Ken, yeah. like Urson Ilyasova, though he was huge in that game against Milwaukee or against Houston. Sorry, he had some really big big shots. Quick shout out to Wesley Matthews as well, who guarded who guarded James Harden for a large majority of the game large part of the game. And, of course, Brooke Lopez, seeing that man close that game out, some of that old school. I thought I was watching the 1970s basketball back then, man. Like, this man was just posting kids up and just hitting tough fadeaways. He was looking like Kawhi Leonard on the court with some of them fadeaways. I was like, what is this guy doing? 
I mean, you already know that. Uh, it feels like the post up is a little is coming back a little bit. It feels like a lot of players like posting. I hope it does. Yeah, I can post up a lot, and you know he does that spin out of the post. Kawhi posts up so much player. too. Kawhi posts up. That's just that's part of his game. He loves posting up. It's it's not even fair when that guy posts kids up. Like he like because he's always on guys that are like around the same height as him, and then like he's the strongest player out there. Like him and LeBron might have to might have to have an arm wrestle to determine who's stronger, but Kawhi's just so much stronger than everybody else in his position. And he like he like against the Lakers and against the the Warriors, he was posting up guys and just posted them up into the restricted zone. Like he was just backing them down into the restricted zone and then just dunk on him or hit a fadeaway or do some up and under. It's just the post ups coming back. I love it. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, and think, talking about Kawhi, the Clippers clapped the Warriors one forty one one twenty two, and then Patrick yeah. Beverly had some stuff to say. I love <laughs> that man. Does. You gotta love him. He's um, obviously super important. He doesn't put up stats, but like you said he before, need to. he doesn't have to. He doesn't need to on this team. Um, Patrick Patterson, sorry to mention him, but he put up twenty. Yeah, <laughs> he put up one less point than Kawhi Leonard, the current yeah, goat of the NBA. So that means that Patrick Patterson's second best player in the NBA. That, that's what that means. Yeah, <laughs> third best. Lou Will had twenty-two. My bad. Third best. Yeah, but Ky- <laughs> but Steph Curry had twenty-three. So that mean yeah, but Steph clapped? Curry got his ass clapped. <laughs> Steph Curry got clamped <laughs> up. Got Pat- clapped. They, are, they are thin. They are Yo. thin, thin, thin. Are you worried about the Warriors? I mean, they're, they're going to finish the way I expect them to finish. Well, like, I don't know. Like, worried is a weird word because it's, like it's not like I ever expected them to make it past the second round of the playoffs, right? But and the only we've only seen him in one game, and that just happens to be the best team in the NBA right now. So I guess not really at all, because it's, it's still Steph Curry and it's still it's still D'Lo and like D'Lo was nice. It's, it's still those guys, right? It's still Draymond Green. It's you know I'm not really worried about them. It's only been one game, but Steph yeah. Curry did get clamped up by Patrick Beverly. He did. Yeah, I think Steph Curry is obviously going to explode this year, um, scoring wise, but he's going to have to given that. There's no Clay Thompson, and D'Angelo is the number two scorer. But then after that, like, Draymond Green doesn't score a lot. Do you think, like, Kevon Looney is going to score a lot or Glenn Robinson the third? Like, Kevon Looney had a nice is... three. <laughs> yeah, corner three, but I don't, this I, like, I don't know. Is, this um, team is not does not have the defensive uh, no. intimidation that they used to have. So That's the biggest thing. That's a huge thing for them. So I'm worried. Obviously, it's only been – they've only played one game, so – I'm not too worried about the Warriors, obviously, but I think that they just have to make the playoffs. And then from there, they'll probably be full strength again. They'll have Klay Thompson back. And then yeah. uh, maybe they – I don't know if they'll trade D'Angelo, but maybe they make a move of some kind to get some other some veteran in there. But I don't see that happening. I think they keep that core together. And I think that team is still a championship contender, in my opinion, or at least um, one of the best teams in the NBA when playoff time comes around. Yeah. If they get if they get Clay Thompson back, yeah, if they get Clay Thompson, I think back. He'll, I think he'll come back. I think that I think that um, what's his name? I think that uh, Steve Kerr is downplaying. Like he said, oh, he might not come back. I think he's just I think he's just bullshit. I think he's saying that to maybe get some teams' guards down because you know they like to play a lot of games down there in San Fran. Yeah. <laughs> um. Looking at the schedule, are the Suns good now? Are the Suns okay? Are they? Is it a fluke? You know, they won that one game. They destroyed 
um, the Kings, and then they almost beat the Nuggets. They lost by a point. Um, do you think that they're good now, um, including DeAndre Ayton? Do you think they're good? I mean, they're like good compared to the rest of the Western Conference. No, yeah, they're still, yeah. they're still like they're not as good as. You know, you could argue they're not as good as any other team in the Western Conference right now. You can make. I mean, the Kings have been the Kings have been really bad this year. The Kings have been god awful this year. They might they like they, they've been playing better than a lot of these teams, but I mean, as as time goes on, as time progresses, I think I think like it'll the the league will start to correct itself. I forget who said it, but it, it's as, as time moves as as the season moves on, and not only like not just not just basketball, but in any sport, as the season moves on. The, the league starts to correct itself. So a player who's dropping like 50 points a game, like as time goes on, the truth will eventually show that he's not that good. As time goes on, we'll see the Suns record. Like the Suns will keep losing these close games. They're like, oh, they're, they're in all of these games, they're in all of these games. And then you take a step back and they're, and they're like one in 17, right? It's, it's, <laughs> like, I, 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 like the Suns, they, they've been nice. I, I, thought they, I thought they were actually going to, to beat the, I thought they were actually going to beat the Nuggets last night, but are the Suns good? No, the Suns aren't good. Like, they're, they're no better than the Grizzlies are. They're no better than, they're, right? They're no better than, yeah. They're, they're not good. Maybe they're better than the Grizzlies. I think, but honestly, like you said, um, I'm not sold on them. Obviously, Devin Booker is great. He's one of my favorite players to watch. But yeah, I'm worried about this team because, uh, and this is probably us talking about the Suns a little too much, but. I'm just worried that they don't have any kind of like any assets besides Devin Booker, and they're just going to be dependent on the draft really year are. in year out until Devin Booker's like, I don't want to lose anymore, and he already yeah. doesn't want to lose. So he'd be like, I don't want to lose anymore. Trade me. Then once it happens, they're screwed. And the Timberwolves, I think, are in the same same place. They're obviously a higher level team, like a, a more yeah. successful team, and they're going to be more successful this season. But they're in the same situation where it's like you have no assets to trade to make any moves. You don't have any really good young pieces besides your big superstar, your one guy. And I'm worried about the future of these teams, I think, um, is not going to be very bright. Sorry to Timberwolf fans and sorry to Suns fans. But in my opinion, I think your future is not very bright. No. No. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. Suns aren't, Suns aren't good. They're, yeah. And, of course, they lose Booker. Like that's that's curtains. Just just give yeah. up. And I think we're gonna close this out now on one last team. Um, okay. Are is Luka Doncic the real deal? Before I get into this, Luka Doncic actually signed my hat when I went to the when I went to the game in Vancouver, the preseason game against the Clippers. Oh really? I, I get, yeah, I got Luka Doncic, Montrez Harrell, and Lou and Zubach signature. Saying, oh, Zubac signature, nice. That, that that one's a big one. He actually li- like he he. I made him laugh. I called him the best big man in LA, and then he looked up at me and he's like, Haha. <laughs> and everyone else around me laughed. I was like, Yo, I made Zubac laugh. <laughs> but but that's actually pretty fucking funny. That's, a good, that's Don- a good thing to say. <laughs> it, no, it's fucking sick. <laughs> and it's funny because he, he was better than fucking Anthony Davis was last or the other night. But it's as far as is Luka Doncic the be- is Luka Doncic the real deal. I mean, if he ain't the real deal, no one's the real deal. If he ain't the real deal, if he's if he's not a, a future superstar, the the league is screwed because there's no one else who's going to be a future superstar if he ain't. I mean, but, this man, like he's gonna be he's gonna be on Giannis's level in a few years, maybe even next year. 
But this, like watching him play, it's just it's it's incredible. It's the finesse that he plays with, and he he's 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 so far. He he's he's a real. Like, I I just can't put it into words. This man is so talented and so gifted, and I'm saying that he's going to be on Giannis's level in a few years. That that that's going to happen sooner than we're than we're all going to expect. I think it's going to happen sooner sooner rather than later. Later, he's going to be a top ten player in the NBA. I could see it maybe by year by year four. Yeah, I think Luka Doncic is a monster. He's a beast, yeah. and he's clearly the number one on that team. And I think it'll be good for them um, moving forward. I think that they got themselves out of a sticky situation last season. Uh, given right. that they had Dennis Smith Jr. and no other assets, and somehow they flipped that for Przingis. No, they did like I, I they did really well last year. Getting Kristaps Porzingis is that's big because he's still really good, and if he can stay healthy, I mean, this guy's this guy's this he's, he's a talent. He can turn into a top twenty player that he once was. I mean, he's he's a bucket from three, and every when you watch the Dallas Mavericks game, no matter who they're playing, I watched them against the, the obviously. I watched them live against uh, Kawhi and them, and even in the regular season, every, there's not a soul in the NBA right now who isn't scared of going in that paint, driving in on that paint, driving in on guys like Kristaps Porzingis and, and Boban Marjanovic. That you you can meme them all you want, tall, white, lanky guys that are not coordinated or or, or whatever the fuck you want to say, but people are scared of these two. Like these guys are just monsters in the paint on defense. And on offense, Luka Doncic, he's, he's just so good. 